0: You guys glad to be in the house today? I'm glad that you're here. I'm excited about what God wants to do. Uh, I, I have to be honest, When uh, in, in preparation for this message, uh, there are times that there are multiple things happening in, in preparation. So I was thinking through the message, and I knew what the Lord wanted to communicate. But there are times when I feel like we're giving information, and which is needed. But I felt like this needed to be more of a heart message. So I'm hoping that you'll give me a little bit of grace as I work through this today because I have the information needed in a message, but I really want to connect with you from my heart. And so uh, it, it's such an honor to be able to come up and, and to stand on stage. Uh, when, when I first wrestled with the Lord about taking the position, I said, God, I don't want to just do messages and meetings because that's the way I always saw the position, And I find myself doing a lot of messages and meetings, but all in preparation of movement. And so as we reposition our church, there's going to be more opportunities for ministry expression and some things that that we're going to do in 2020 that will be a little different. It's just going to take a little bit of time to get there. And so the Lord says, I don't care what you want anyway. You're going to do what I tell you to do. (laughs) So that's what we're going to do. So um, I I want to say thank you for giving me grace. Um, I I stepped into this this position, it's been almost 10 months now, and there was a lot of information to take in. There was uh, not just the position itself, but um, the way we operated. You have to take a step back and look at at our church, look at our history, look at the way we do things, how we communicate what works and what doesn't work, um, to, to think of where God wants to take us. How long is that going to take? What do we need to change? Just a lot, of different, a lot of different things. And so it's been a challenging year, but an incredible opportunity to learn and grow. And I'm, I'm very grateful that you guys, this church is, is pretty special. And I'm not just saying that. Um, you know, very rarely do you see a transition that is almost flawless, and it speaks to Pastor Walt again of his leadership, but really it speaks to you guys as well. I'm just giving a lot of grace, so this is not in my notes. I just want to share it with you. Um, I I think the one thing that I want you to take away from this message more than anything else is I want you to have a heart for the house. A heart for the house. And so I think because I'm watching culture change. I'm watching Christianity change some. I, I see some changes that are coming in the next decade, probably in the next five, five to ten years. You're going to see dramatic shifts. And we need to pay attention to those things. But one of the things that I'm watching is, is Christianity begin to change um, in, in regards to gathering together. And, and uh, Anyway, I won't get into that deeply today, but I'm, I'm watching things begin to shift. And I want you to have a heart for the house. I want you to have a heart for the house. How many have been fasting something in the last 21 days? Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. I cannot wait for eight days from now when I get to eat meat. <laughs> but God has already spoken on a number of different things, um, and I'm excited about, uh, about the future, and God has always been so gracious in that regard. Um. I do want to talk about uh, vision. We'll talk about vision more this year and values and some places that we're going. Anytime change comes to an institution or an organization this large, and I don't like using the term organiz- organization, church, this large, it just takes time. And, um, but I'm excited about what God wants to do in the future, and we'll begin to share that more as we go forward. One of the things that, whether you're a guest or you've been here a long time, it, it's absolutely essential that you not just exist in life. It is God's desire that you grow and you mature and you flourish, that you have a part in bringing transformation to the world around you. And I don't know if everybody thinks that way, but I see uh, the potential of transformation in you and through you all the time. It's, it's part of my design. It's part of my calling And I'm excited about what God wants to do. So when I talk about transformation, what does that mean? So I'm going to give you just a couple of definitions because we're going to talk a lot about transformation in 2020. Transformation, in its essence, is lives changed. Okay? Lives changed. But that means lives saved, people healed, families restored, addictions broken, people made whole, relationships created, Bonds established, family found. Some people don't even have a family and then come here and find family. Giftings and callings discovered, people trained and developed to use what God has given them for Him inside and outside the church. And for me, that's transformation. And when I talk about transformation, I just don't mean what happens in the church, I mean what happens through the church outside in community. And we are going to be moving in that direction, and I'm excited about that. I know I keep promising something that I can't explain right now, but we will get there, I promise. So as much as I love Sunday mornings, and I do, there's 167 hours of the rest of the week that we need to make sure that we're living as a Christian, giving as a Christian, going as a Christian, and bringing transformation to the world around us. But how many know that it takes a lot of people to make Sundays run? And here's the thing, As, as much as, you know, we spend time preparing for this, a message, what happens outside the walls of the auditorium or what happens in the pew or what happens when people show up in the parking lot or what happens because coffee is brewed and what happens when you extend your hand and you ask somebody their name, that's as much as transformation is what I'm doing right now. You don't believe that I'm telling you that's true. Because if people have a bad experience when they show up, they won't listen to what I'm saying. If, you, if you're cold to the person to your left or to your right, you may actually cut off their hearing. So every person in here has a part in transformation. I'm going to keep preaching. That's all right. We're going to keep going. So here's what I need you to know. You're, you're a change agent, and I know that's cliche. Change agent. Why? Because if you're saved, Christ lives in you. And if Christ lives in you, his life flows through you. And so, our approach to life, the way that we think, the way that we live, it's more than just a Sunday morning. It's about bringing transformation to the world around us. Now, I will tell you, so I asked my team, I think I was a little shocked by the number. I said, you know, as we're getting ready to go into 2020, we want to make sure our teams are ready and how. How many people do you need in order for us to be effective? You know, are, are there any needs that need to be filled? And I got a number, 295. 295 positions. And that, that's probably us going, man, it would be perfect if we had that number. But I want you to think about that this morning because as much as I need 295 new team members, I want you to have a heart for the house. I want you to love what God is doing here. I want you to give your life here. Not one amen. That's all right. Hey, we're going we're to preach the roof down. <laughs> John 2, 14 and 17. And so the, the most beautiful picture in, in the Gospels for me is the zeal of Jesus. I love it. You know, he is, he is a man who, who knew everything he was supposed to do and did it. With passion, he did it with zeal. Passion means that he, you know, it's excitement, but it's willingness to suffer. And he did this with zeal. So let's read from John 2, 14 through 17. Let's see what it says. In the temple courts, he found people uh, selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. And that's found in Psalm 69, 9, prophetically talking about the Messiah. And then Matthew 21, 12 through 14. This first one in John was the beginning of his ministry. The second one is the end of his ministry. And he's cleansing the temple for a reason. It says, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And the blind and the lame came to him at the temple. And he healed them. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to speak on your behalf. God, I pray that you would anoint the words. Pray that you would give us ears to hear. God, I pray that we would know that we partner with you to bring transformation to the earth. God, you will always do your part. And you call us to position ourselves in you to bring transformation to other people. So I pray that that would happen this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I love the fierce conviction of Jesus. He lived his life with zeal. And there's a couple of areas that, that he really, he knew his purpose. And so one of the things that he wanted to do was to give us a perfect picture of the Father. So when you look in Scripture and you see Jesus doing anything, that is a picture of, of the, our Father. The way that he thinks, the way that he acts, the way that he loves. And so he is presenting a picture of God that a lot of people didn't have. To the world around him. The second thing is. He was preaching and reaching. He was always preaching the gospel. He was always ministering to people. He was always wanting to bring healing. Because he had compassion for people. And the third thing is. He came to die. And he was fervent in his pursuit. He could not wait. To give his life. And that's what we see. In Jesus. Is this zeal to offer his life on behalf of others. Now, I love good news. And I know we call it an organization because that's part of our 5013 whatever, 17. It doesn't matter. It's part of the way the city recognizes us and the state recognizes us. But as much as we're an organization, we're much more an organism made up of people and talents and gifts and, and purposes and, and we're individuals And we're a team. We're an organism. We live and breathe. And every person in this room, you have something to offer. And your life is needed to bring transformation to people in this room and also the world around us. And I have a zeal for the church. And I have a heart for people. More than personal ministry at any time, I have a heart for people. I have a heart for this church. be willing to give anything on behalf of the church. I can still remember when I was a young man, and uh, when I got saved, I lost most of my friends. I had one other, I had two friends, and one of them was married, and I, I, I knew that I needed to go share the gospel with him, so I went and told him about Jesus, and he knew better. He knew better than the way that he was living, and he just outright rejected the gospel. He outright rejected me, and I was a young Christian, so I didn't understand, so I went to Bible school, and that whole time, I'm thinking, God, what did I do wrong? What happened? Did I, make, did I make a mistake? Did I not share the gospel right? What was it? And I remember going to the altar, and how many know that when you first get saved, you're always going to the altar? Right? You're, you're, and even now, I'm always going to the altar, but especially back then, I was always going to the altar. And I remember this guest speaker when I had come back home for, um, from, from Bible school, the guest speaker came and he prayed over me. And he said, the Lord says, don't gauge success or failure on whether someone accepts Christ, but on whether you do what I tell you to do. And it brought such healing to my heart. Now I was still disappointed that my friend did not accept Christ. But God was saying, listen, I just need you to do your part in transformation. I'm the one who saves people. You just be obedient. And here's why I want to make this, this connection is there's tons of people in here that every single Sunday, every single day, you have an opportunity to share who you are and what you know about God with somebody else. And it positions them to receive transformation. So back to the, the story about Jesus. He goes into the temple and you have to understand something. We, we've made this about money and we've made this about all kinds of things. But Jesus, God actually set up the sacrifice system. Okay? So these animals that are at the temple, this is to remind people that they're sinners. They need a sacrifice for their sin. And they're going, hey, right now, animals, I'm going to accept it, but there's going to be a better sacrifice. I'm going to send my son. And so he's, he's making room in this place. And when you, when you actually dig into the story... There was a place in the temple, the outer courts, that was set aside for people that weren't Jewish. Gentiles. Okay? And he cleaned out the temple. And it was also for the poor. And so he made a room that they would have access. Even those that weren't part of a certain particular faith. God wanted, to be for the, he wanted them to have access to be able to come before the Father. And he cleansed the temple. He did it twice. And I love that picture. Because very often, I, I, see, I, I see things that maybe in church we don't always do well. Or We drop the ball in certain ways. And we actually, if we're not careful, we're actually not creating space for others to encounter Jesus. When we get lazy in our Christianity, y'all, sometimes we miss opportunities to, to show other people Jesus. And listen, I know we're a faithful church. I understand that. I'm grateful for the church we have, but I want to make sure that you're, you're actually not getting settled, or you're becoming indifferent, or maybe you know how it's easy not to pay attention to those around us. I want to make sure that we're engaged, that we have a role in the process of transformation. So I love watching people encounter God. I love when they walk into our church and they go, what is that? What is this? What is this? And some people know, yes, it is church, my friend, and it's the Holy Spirit. And they go, I've never felt this before. And we have such a special privilege to steward this person, the Holy Spirit. How many people have strong convictions in your life? Raise your hand. Strong convictions. Okay. How many people have strong Christian convictions? Raise your hand. All right. That's good. And I love when people have strong convictions. You know, have you ever heard the, the, the saying, um, it's difficult to move parked cars? <laughs> so when people are indifferent or they don't care, it's hard to steer them in any direction. I'd rather have somebody that is crazy or, or they, they're, they're, their passion is way off because at least you can direct that. Right? But if if you don't care, there's not much we can do. The opposite of of love is not hate. It's indifference. And one of the things that that concerns me about Christians, and I want to be able to share it with you, is I see a lot of nomadic Christians. Every couple of years, they reposition themselves. Every couple of years, whether it's through a fence or, or whatever, I just watch people jump from place to place to place. And, and it concerns me because not only do your roots not grow deep, and that, that's, in, that's important, um, but you pass that on. And I, I, I've watched patterns now in ministry for a long time. Listen, this is not the perfect place for everybody. I'm okay with that. You know, there, there's some, some incredible churches in, in Omaha But if this is not the place, I'd rather you leave here to find a place that you can grow and put your roots deep. But make sure you put your roots deep. Because it's important that you're growing in the Lord and you're using what he has. But the only way you produce real fruit is that your roots are deep. And I just see a lot of people jumping from place to place to place to place. Find a place and put your roots deep. All right, now that everybody's offended... um, (laughs) Let's offend you one more time. So how many know that our convictions are important, but they're they're not the only thing that matters? All right, you're about to find out. So if I asked you what's the most important thing in church, how many know that I'd have a ton of different answers? Right? If I asked you what is most important... I would have a ton of answers. And guess what? I love when people come and share and they go, hey, if you would only do this one thing, God would break out. I love it because they are passionate. They have a conviction about this one thing. But most of the time, it's not that way. And I, I saw this. So I was driving on 680 near Dodge. And I saw, it was a couple months ago, and I saw these huge pillars and you could see them from a distance. And I was like, what is this? And, and uh, for me, it was really cool because it, it was kind of set up. And you could see them from a long way away. And uh, so eventually, I had to drive and find out what it was. I was being curious. And I found out that it was something called Top Golf. Are you guys familiar with this? I have never heard of this. So can you put that picture up? So uh, originally, when I saw it, it just had those pillars. It didn't have that steel netting. And I, I was like, man, this is really cool. So some, it's a multi-tiered golf complex where you get to hit the golf ball, and I guess it measures how far it goes, which is not far from most of y'all, and y'all know it. <laughs> but, so, but here's what the Lord began to speak to me about. So what happens is when we have convictions, usually we have a particular lane that we really care about. And what happens is, is we can only see that lane. And this is the only thing that is important. And if we just focused on this lane, if we just did this, but what happens is we don't see that there's a bigger picture involved. All right? And so what that netting represents is this holistic holistic nature of what God wants to do through his church. I love the fact that you have a passion or you have a conviction in an area. Just know that your conviction um, must accommodate what God is wanting to do through the whole of the church. Okay, let me say it again. Thank you, Lord. I love it. Good old Siri. (laughs) So here's what I want to want us to understand is everybody in here you have a conviction and it's desperately needed but sometimes if we only focus on our conviction we're not aware of what God wants to do through the whole of everybody else okay and this is what I put on my notes my conviction can't blind me to the need or direction of the church and here's what I see a lot of times I watch people step over the need to do something that they desire to do Can I tell you that God does not care as much about my preference as he does about his? And so my whole life in in Christian ministry has been, hey, Jason, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. And I would go, Lord, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to do that. And the Lord says, hey, I don't care about your preferences. I'm asking you to do my preferences. And I go, okay, Lord, that's what I'll do. That makes sense. Yeah, I agree. And here's what I found is, is a lot of times we've got people pursuing opportunities, or maybe they're not getting to express what they want to yet, but they're willing to step over something that's needed in order for them to do what they would like to do. And as a church, listen, we're a really mature church. Many of you guys, you've given your life here. And the reason why we are in the position that we are and we're healthy, you know, we we have um, really faithful stewardship, we have good giving, we have... Um, all kind of great things, it's because people have been faithful for a long time. All I'm asking is before you make a jump or a leap or or you get irritated because we're not focused on your conviction, I want you to be able to see what's most needed. You know, I pray that for you more than anything else that you'd be able to see, that you would be able to see the Lord as he is, that you would be able to see who you are because of that, that you would be able to recognize the need around us, because here's the thing, once you see it, you will never be able to unsee it. Transformation happens because we see. Enlighten my heart. It's not just physical sight, it's the, be, the ability to be able to see from our heart what God shows us. 1 Corinthians 12, 17 through 20 says this. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. And here's what I want. I, I love being part of a team, and I want us to be part of a team. All of these convictions that we have in this church are important. I just want to make sure that it's moving in one direction. This is the only way I can describe it. I hope that you're not offended. I feel like at times, like our church is like me trying to dance. That is not a good thing. So I, there's part of me, like my, my legs and my body don't move at the same, in the same way. I don't have certain rhythms. And I feel like there's a lot of things that we do as a church that that aren't aligned. And they're not moving in the same way or in the same direction. And this year we're going to bring a lot of that under so that we can move in the same direction. A lot of the things we're doing are great. I just want to make sure it's moving in the same direction. So I I want to say this. Um, If you're not... If you can't be engaged here, like for some reason it just doesn't fit, go find a place that you can. Don't church shop and don't church hop. Get rooted and grounded so that God can use what you have. And the last thing, I want you to be about it. It's a value in our church. I want you to have a heart for this house. We're not always going to be able to use your gift all the time or your ability, but we can definitely use your life and spend your life in a way that will help other people. I'll never forget this. Uh, Pastor Pastor Walt preached a message, and I'll never forget this message on removing barriers. It's found in Mark 2, 1 through 4. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the man or the mat the man was lying on. Our job is to make sure when people enter onto this property, they are positioned in a way they get to encounter Jesus. And that is every person's responsibility in here. Not just people who are paid on staff, and not just people who are on teams. Every person in here come with the mindset of, I can't wait to see another person transformed by the person of Jesus. I have a, um, a testimony, and I love this. Because God can just use anybody. But a lot of times what happens is when uh, sometimes we don't see immediate results. Anybody ever been frustrated because you've been praying for somebody or pouring into somebody or serving somebody and it doesn't look like they're changing, right? Sometimes ministry doesn't always produce quick fruit or quick change. And it's easy to be frustrated so this is a response from a mom from her, about her, her child. It says, hey team, I have an amazing testimony to share with you, and you are all part of making it happen. This is through kids' ministry. So I was dropping off my son at preschool this morning, and his teacher pulled me aside and asked where we went to church. I let her know about good news, and she continued to tell me that for the past few months, her son had been talking to her during nap time because he won't take a nap. And he shares the stories he learns from Sundays and Wednesdays. Last Sunday, she attended church for the first time in years because she wanted to learn more about the stories that my son was telling her. Isn't that amazing? And if you're here, if you're that teacher, I want you to know how much God loves you. And then he wants to transform your life through his love. But I I find that amazing. So what happens is, you got you got people that are pouring into to this child, and this child is taking what he's hearing and learning, and he's giving it away somewhere else. We're not always aware of what God is doing with our giving, and it's an, it's, it's an incredible part. We trust the supernatural nature of God to bring transformation. I wanted uh, uh, we're about to transition toward the end. You receive these cards. Um, I I want you to pray about being part of a team. If you're interested in finding out more information about a team, um, we we can get that information to you. But I was reading through Psalms 10, 17, and 18 um, this past week. And, And as I was reading it, the Lord really spoke to me about this church. And this is what it says. You have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear, to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may oppress no more. In in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who stood against oppression, and for this church that I believe is called on multiple levels to free people from oppression, especially spiritual oppression, because we want people to know salvation. But really with our gifts and our talents and abilities that we have in our congregation, I see God using our church to bring freedom to people, healing to people. And it's going to happen. As we, as we talk more about some of our convictions as we move forward, you're going to see how that plays out. But the Lord, what, as I was reading that, it, just, it was just jumped off the page. Because we are called to to help people to be free and to be healed and to be whole. I have a video that I wanna show you. And again, I wanna try to give you a physical picture of what I desire for you as you encounter Jesus, as, as you begin to see need, as you begin to see vision or possibility, because sometimes we don't always see it correctly. But it's also for people who are walking in the door who have never encountered love from people or maybe never encountered the love of Jesus for the potential for the life to be changed. This is actually a man that was given glasses. He's, he's never seen color in his life. And so all he sees is black and white. And his family all went in together to purchase glasses for him. Um, and his reaction is what I want to happen when people come to our church. Now oh, yeah, these are these are special glasses. Your kids have been engineered that when people wear them that are colorblind, you get to see color just like we all see. So. And it came with balloons and all that. Oh my! I can put these on. Yeah, it'll. It's it was supposed to be. It'll, like correct, see it. it'll yeah. correct your eyes so that you'll see how. I can't believe it, you know. Daddy, Thank I you. hate it. See the balloon color? <laughs> oh. Love it. Isn't that what we want? To be able to find something that somebody has always dreamed of or hoped for, and sometimes so so deep spiritually, it can't put words to it and to experience it. ah oh, man. And we all have a role in that. More than the needs, and we, we do have needs, I want you to have a heart for the house. I want you to have a heart for what God wants to do through here. I'm I'm asking you to give your life. I am. Sacrifice. Be inconvenienced. But give your life to what God wants to do here. I'm telling you. I've gotten two emails. Ah, I cannot wait for when I get to talk about it but we're gonna be moving in some directions that's gonna free up ministry expression. But I'm asking for you to give your life. You can actually text TEAMS. You can uh, text 402-207-8640 and they will get you information or they'll give you information of what some of these things represent. What I can't have is that you just sit. Now there's seasons to sit, right? There are seasons that you need to be healed, restored, but you have too much to give in order to not serve or to, or, or to give your life away. And so I'm asking that you would prayerfully consider serving in some capacity and getting involved with the transformation process here at Good News. I'm gonna ask our ushers to come forward. You guys can fill out these cards and then um, turn those in, or you can text, like I said, If you would, would you stand with me? Father, we just thank you for your grace, God, for your love, for your church, and for your zeal, God, for people to know you. It is our desire that others see you for who you are. And I pray, God, this has always been an incredible church. We've always responded. And I pray, God, you would begin to continue to awaken those, God, some people don't, don't want to serve because they don't feel like they have anything to give. God, I pray that you would awaken them to the truth. And I pray, Lord, that transformation would be a hallmark of this church inside and outside the church as we move forward. In Jesus' name. If you have never given your heart to Jesus Christ and you know that he is asking you to, that he's, he's calling you to, I would love for you to pray with you down here and to tell you about Jesus more. God bless you guys. Love you. Make sure you turn in, turn these in to our ushers. God bless you.